to Steam State of Mind, your favorite source for all things Steam education. Steam State of Mind. This isn't just science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. It's a state of mind, a different way to approach education in the classroom. Steam State of Mind. Enjoy these conversations with educators, students, and community members as we explore what it means to be in a Steam State of Mind. Steam State of Mind. It's Carrie. Hi, this is Bern. And we're here with Steam State of Mind. How you doing, Bern? I am doing great. How are you doing I'm today? I'm doing great on this beautiful early fall day. So today we're going to be talking about something. I'm, I'm going to kind of sit back and let you just fill our minds with today's topic <laughs> because I'm going to be here learning right along with our audience today. Um, something that's always fascinating me. We've had uh, conversations about this. Um, but it's still something that I'm learning about. So we're going to talk about growth mindset today. And what is growth mindset? So, uh, Carrie, the growth mindset um, is really, it says it all in the title. You have the mindset that your brain can grow. It's, you know, able to make connections and be able to learn. And it's very important for students to understand that they can grow their brains. The growth mindset truly, you know, has been around for over 30 years, but it was made popular, you know, by Carol Dweck and her colleagues. And basically what she has been really promoting and has really caught on in a lot of schools and school districts is encouraging students to understand that, you know, we all might learn at a different pace, we all might learn in a different manner, different way, but we all can learn and we all can grow our brains. There's some really great videos out there and great things about it where it has like the brain as a muscle and you're, you got to work it and you got to keep going. And that is really, if you think about your brain as a muscle and how it develops and grows, you know, um, the more we can stimulate the brain, the more connections and synapses we can fire up in your brain, the more it'll grow and the more we will make um, great connections to solve problems. Dr. Carol Dweck is a world-renowned Stanford University psychologist. Her research has led to the development of the growth mindset. In her own words, Dweck states, my work bridges developmental psychology, social psychology, and personality psychology, and examines the self-conceptions or mindsets people use to structure the self and guide their behavior. My research looks at the origins of these mindsets, their role in motivation and self-regulation, and their impact on achievement and interpersonal processes. According to Maria Popova, in her article from the Brain Picking website, at the heart of what makes the growth mindset so winsome, Dweck found is that it creates a passion for learning rather than a hunger for approval. Its hallmark is the conviction that human qualities like intelligence and creativity and even relational capacity like love and friendship can be cultivated through effort and deliberate practice. Not only are people with this mindset not discouraged by failure, but they don't actually see themselves as failing in those situations. They see themselves as learning. 
like how frustrating is it to you as a uh, steam coach and, and and then also a classroom teacher when you hear kids say, "I can't do this. I don't understand <laughs> this. I, I'm terrible at math. I can't. I can't do. I can't write. I can't. You know how how frustrating is it um, to you based on this kind of idea that that every kid can learn? Yeah. So and and that is um, also fascinating because as we discussed before. The younger kids in kindergarten, preschool, first graders, you know, they don't have that in that they have a growth mindset naturally. Like they're eager to learn and they're, you know, no one's ever told them, well, that's too hard. The confidence or, of a kindergartner, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, they can do anything. Um, and that is what we want to promote throughout the entire, you know, educational career. And not just that, adults. You know, the one thing that bothers me, you hear, you probably hear you know, maybe some of your friends or something when they say, I can't do math. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not good at math. I just can't do it. I don't, I have a friend who always says, um, you know, when God created me, you know, he eliminated the math part of my brain. And so <laughs> I just can't do it. Well, that's not true. We can all do math. We can all do science. We can all do, you know, we can all problem solve. And it just takes working our brain and having that growth mindset where you can. And so when students say, I can't, I always say, okay, this is what you say. I can't do it yet. And I, I love my favorite word is yet with students because this way it says like, yeah, you can't do it right now, but it doesn't mean you're not going to be able to do it at some time in the future. We just have to work on it and we have to figure out how and what's the best way for you to learn it. I love putting that word yet in the, you know, at the end of these sentences. So yeah, when the student says, I can't, well, you just can't yet. yet. But we're going to work on it, right? Yes. And, and so how does, so, so looking at STEAM, how, how does STEAM and STEAM education promote the growth mindset? So they go beautifully together. And so really, like we said, STEAM is a state of mind and <laughs> Part of the mind, you know, state of mind is growing and learning and discovering and exploring and problem solving and figuring things out. Well, if you have a growth mindset, you're going to be going through challenges, even when you're frustrated and going through the different things to problem solve and to grow. You may not know how to do something yet, but if you, you know, go through, you know, different strategies and learn how to problem solve, go through the engineering design process or the six thinking hats or whatever it is, the strategies that you are learning how to solve problems, you will be able to do it. And students, part of having a growth mindset is being able to fail. And so, you know, in a STEAM mindset, you know, failure is a big part of it. You know, we need to be able to take risk and fail and do things and you know, constantly redesigning and figuring out a better way to do it until we come up with a solution. And when you have a growth mindset, you don't just quit after failing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, well, that didn't work. Now what do now I need to do? <laughs> you know, well, yes, yeah, some. <laughs> <Now> I'm done. <laughs> That's exactly what some kids. That is you not know. problem solving, right? Right. Well, yeah. even adults, you know, mm-hmm. think about it. Even adults, oh, they yeah. go ahead and, you know, it's like, well, I can't do that. And they just give up and they don't persevere. And, you know, if we can train, I don't know, call it training, but if we can establish that growth mindset in kids and, you know, as they're going through their elementary years, especially, that you don't give up, you persevere. 
you know, that's part of the social and emotional learning standards too, is where you, you know, you learn, you know, how to be self-aware and how to self-manage and persevere and that type of thing. And the students with the growth mindset, they don't give up because they know, okay, I don't get it. I don't have it this time, but you know what? Let's find a different strategy. Let's work through something else. Well, and it sounds too like, like this growth mindset. Um, if you can, if you can kind of embrace this, um, it seems like it sort of instills confidence in kids. Um, and, and you kind of have to have confidence to go out on a limb and try something that maybe you're, you're not so sure you're real good at, or you've, you've, um, sort of mastered yet. So does it kind of help with developing that confidence for kids so that they're not afraid to, you know, some, something that we as adults sort of get bogged down with is I, I can't do it. I'm not even going to try it. I don't have the confidence, but does this growth mindset kind of help with that? Absolutely. And what's really cool to see when students develop this growth mindset is that it fits in so well the STEAM culture. Because when you have a STEAM culture in your classrooms or in the schools, that failure is just part of the culture. And when students fail, then they don't give up and they are, they can, they understand it's okay to take a risk. It's okay for me to fail because you know what? I know that I have the support. I have a growth mindset. I have an environment where I can fail and it's okay. And then try something different or try it again until, you know, I have success. And that is why growth mindset and STEAM education goes so well together because they, Basically, you know, it's a culture that you establish with a STEAM mindset that allows for the growth mindset to happen. Mm-hmm. And so it's really cool. So so how important is it, you know, for, for the classroom teacher, even the parent at home, maybe assisting their youngster with homework or something like that, that they kind of embrace this growth mindset and the idea that it's okay to maybe you don't get it right every time. I mean, I, I'm thinking personally, you know, helping my kids or my grandkids now with homework and, oh, no, that's not right. Uh, maybe it's okay if they don't get it right and they turn their homework in and the teacher says, you know what, that, let's, let's figure out how, how we can do this correctly. This isn't the right way to do it. How do you help your kids with that? It, that is a great question because, you know, the adults need to be patient with the kids to yeah, growing. Absolutely. That's what, that's what I mean. Like it's so sometimes it's hard for us not to fix it for them, you know, and that is not going to help them to learn. Right. And so when you have, um, when you working with kids or doing whatever, you know, it's just like adults. You, if you ever seen a kid and you see, you know, a student and the light bulb turns on and their facial expression, it is one of the greatest rewards as a teacher to be able to see that, I get it, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, we all don't have it all simultaneously. Oh, I get it at the same time. You know, sometimes these, you know, um, those aha moments happen at different times and at different, you know, um, even different ways of doing things for everybody is different. And so, you know, maybe if you're doing homework and the student still doesn't understand or your child or grandchild or whatever doesn't understand it yet, well, maybe they're not ready for that aha moment yet. Mm-hmm. But with a growth mindset, you know that they're going to. 
And instead of getting all frustrated and be like, you got to get this now or whatever. And sometimes we do it because of time. Oh, we got to hurry up and get this done. Get it done, get it done. Maybe, maybe it's just not their time yet. And so that's what's really cool about the growth mindset is that we don't all grow the same. We don't all, you know, have the exact, you know, that's what we have. Well, you know, we're still in kind of a factory mode kind of way of doing education and, you know, we have, okay, at this time, we're going to test the kids now, you know, and test, you know, I believe in assessments and I believe we need to figure out, you know, what the, um, where they are and that type of thing as an assessment used to help that child grow from that point. Okay. Not as, you know, your child is flunking because, well, they may not have the grade yet you know, and grades are a whole other topic that I would love to talk about someday with you because I, we'll yeah, mark it down. yeah, <laughs> we need to talk about that one. Well, and I, um, so I, I pretty much been told by most of my grandkids now that, um, I, I can't help them with math anymore because I don't do it the right way because <laughs> <laughs> it's not the way that we did it when I was, in grade school or middle school. So um, there's that. So well, we just but, step but out of the way. But that's <laughs> also, though, a great opportunity for you to say, well, okay, you may not do it this way, but you have to remember there are other ways of solving a problem. There's not just one way to doing things. There are other ways. And so, you know, maybe showing them your way or whatever, however, to solve sure. the problem, maybe that might be their aha moment. Maybe that's their, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes and, sense, and then yeah. they can still translate it into whatever. Right. And so one of the things that we, and I love this about how um, a lot of teachers um, are teaching math, let's just say math, for example, right now, is that you know we're, we're talking more about why do we do things instead of this is how you do things. Right. You know, when I was a kid, you know, in third grade. It was grade just the end game. What, what's the answer to the problem instead of how do you get to the, to the answer problem. to right. the problem? Right. Why are we doing yeah. this? You know? Right. Um, and so these different strategies and block models and all these different things are so cool because like even I remember going through the professional development and them showing us different ways of how to solve these problems or whatever. And I'm like, oh my goodness, why didn't somebody tell me this when I was a kid? Mm-hmm. Or even like, it was like, my aha moments were going through learning. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, I was like, going to say, I had an aha moment in the third grade. I was, um, you know, this was just a couple of years ago when we were introducing <laughs> Eureka Math, but it was oh, like, yeah. oh my gosh, how come I didn't have Eureka Math when I was in grade school? I would have understood this because it, I mean, I totally yeah. had an aha moment in the middle of a third grade classroom when I was observing the teacher teaching Eureka Math. It was awesome. I, I know, exactly. So, yeah. That's, a, you know, so... When I was in third grade, when they were teaching us how to multiply numbers and, you know, all this stuff, it was just, you, you here's step one, here's step yeah. two, here's step three. Like, and they didn't wow. tell you, wow, why? Yeah. Right. And so, you know, your mind, um, that growth mindset, when you were looking at something, it makes all these different connections then. And it, you know, like if we can connect, if we can get our synapses to connect to so many different things you know, we're not like we talked about before about those silos, you know, um, it makes more sense. It's like, oh, that's why. Yeah. Oh, and so that's really cool how we are um, now trying to 
um, how we're teaching math now more. It's more of the um, why instead mm -hmm. of this is how. Right. You know, now people like us, sometimes it's just easier to say, okay, just do it this way and it's done. <laughs> <laughs> but the, is that really growing your mind? Yeah. You know, yeah, maybe you know how to do it, but you don't know why you're doing it or how to apply it or, you know, that type of thing. And so I think that that is where we're getting into more of the growth mindset too, is where we are talking about how, why is this important? How does this apply? How can we grow our minds into, you know, connecting it to different things too? And that's all part of STEAM education, Yeah, all that connection. Well, what was it? What were these um, six thinking caps you mentioned here a few minutes oh, ago? Oh yeah, so six thinking hats is a really cool concept, and um, well, it's it's basically a strategy. The Mind Tools resource states that the six thinking hats technique gets you to look at a problem in six different ways. It takes you and your team beyond any instinctive positions, so that you explore a range of perspectives. That way. You can carefully consider each one without having to argue your case or make snap decisions about what's right or wrong. The six thinking heads approach was created by Edward de Bono, who passed away in June of 2021, was a Maltese physician, psychologist, and philosopher. He used it in his work advising government agency, but he also wanted it to be a practical tool for everyday problem solving. It first appeared in his 1985 book of the same name, which has since been revised several times. And it's strategy to solve problems, but it's a process of going through, you know, like if, if you're like me, if I'm trying to solve a problem or if I'm, you know, trying to do something, you know, one thing will pop in my head and then another thing and then another thing. And then you're trying to remember, well, what was that first thing I was thinking about? What was this? You know, a lot of people call it being a scatterbrain. Well, I get scatterbrained a lot sometimes. My mind goes all over the place. And so this is an organized way to help students think and for them to be able to um, identify what kind of thinking they're doing. And so the six thinking hats, um, they call them, they have most, the most popular way of doing it is they have different colors of hats. And so, um, and the color, they, they have a hat because, you know, that's where we do our thinking is, you know, on our heads. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they have the, so they have the white hat. So when you're thinking about with the white hat, that is just, you're just thinking about the facts. What are the facts? What do we know for sure? And then there's a green hat and that's the creativity hat where it's the brainstorming and you think outside the box and you think about how this connects to other things and all of that type of thing. And then you have the, um, the blue hat, and that's the process hat. That's when you'd like, okay, if we're going to solve this problem, here are the steps and how we're going to solve this. So you take those facts and you take the creativity and you start doing the, doing process, the process with the blue okay. hat. Yeah, and then you have the yellow hat, and the yellow hat is, okay, now that we have this plan, well, what are the positive things about this plan? How is this going to benefit? You know, so you want to make sure you, you know, your plan is going to benefit and solve the problem and the solution. And so that's the yellow hat. And then you have the, um, the black hat. But when I go around to the schools teaching the six hat, I use a gray hat because <laughs> it's like black is so harsh. Mm -hmm. But the gray hat is the constructive criticism. And it's the, okay, what, are, what could possibly be the negative outcomes of this? What could be possibly 
um, you know, something that would be harmful or cautious. We need to make sure that we identify those things too. And then um, the last hat that they have is the red hat. And the red hat is the feelings hat. It's the emotion hat. Okay, so, you know, not only are you self-aware about your own emotions and how you feel about this plane, because, you know, if we're not excited about doing some things, will anybody else be excited? Right. I mean, yeah. you should be the most excited about it. But also we got to think about the emotions of others, the empathy of others. And so if we're trying to solve a problem for a community or something like that, we have to think about, well, how will this group of people feel? And how will this group of people feel about this plan? What will the emotions be for this? And so you take that all into consideration. And then, you know, once you have the six thinking hats done, then you just you know, you come up with the prepared solution that you could present. So this, these six thinking hats can help us scatterbrains sort of get a handle on, on all that stuff that's going on in our brain when we're trying to problem solve. Absolutely. And it's a great, and the kids, so like right now, um, I'm just working with the teachers, so the fifth grade team at um, one of our elementary schools, and they are designing a plan of how we can compost at the school. And so they are actually um, going using the six thinking hats and solving that problem. And so they are actually, um, you know, they looked at the facts about what can be composted, what do we have at, you know, the school and all this stuff. And they got create, you know, they put on their green hat for creativity, like, okay, how could we, what are some creative ideas? What are, they did some research on what other schools are doing and that type of thing. Um, and then they put on the blue hat and they're writing out step-by-step -step in sequence of all the things they have to do before we even have the plan, you know, start the right. plan, what they're going to plan and the maintaining of it. And then they, they put on their, um, their um, yellow hats about what's positive about it and the plan, what's the benefits, then the black hat, what's negative about their composting plan. And then they talked about the emotion. How will the custodians feel about this? How will the cafeteria oh, people yeah. feel about this? What about the principal? What about the students? What about the teachers? And they're now in the process of putting this all together and then they're going to give a presentation to, you know, all their different. So we're going to have 18 different plans and so they're going to be presenting, each group is going to be presenting their plans to the principal, the custodian, teachers, some other students. Oh, that's then we so have, cool. yeah. And so they're going to pick one of these plans? And then they'll pick one of these plans to implement in the school. And they're, they're organizing it and they're solving this problem through, you know, the um, six thinking hats, which also helps them with grow their minds because right. they are learning so much by the research and by, you know, and, and you know, if we would, some of the students, and I thank goodness because we've been work. I've been working with this particular grade level for a couple of years now. Um, nobody said, "Well, I don't know. Mm -hmm. we, we we won't be able to do that." Or how are we supposed to do this for the whole school? No, they dove right in, right. and they they are so excited. Let's figure out how we can do this. Yes. Yeah. They didn't have an "I can't" attitude. They had a growth mindset. Okay, we don't know how to do this yet, but we're going to figure it out. They're going to problem solve this. And it's going to be part of the whole community and it's going to be, then they're going to take the compost in the spring and we're going to put it, add it to the garden to add nutrients to the gardens that we have there. It's really exciting. That is very exciting. And that's really cool. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about how it's related to standardized testing because um, you're, you're big on, on the, the positive impacts and the, the real, um, 
the way that 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 strong growth mindset can really give um, our kids the confidence and the the you know just the what they need to be able to be successful and to achieve and to grow. Yes, and you know, like we talked about before, you know, the biggest thing in the educational world that people care about so much about state testing. Okay, the great thing about you know, the growth mindset is that it's an, you know, it's a mindset. It's an attitude. You know, students go into the test figuring out the answers. It's not just that they have to, you know, like if they, if they don't know it right away, they have developed because they have the growth mindset. They just don't know it yet. And so they figure mm-hmm. out strategies of how, okay, what do I know about the question? What do I what do I remember? What connections do I have? What did we do to, you know, with this in class or something? You know, they, they go in with a positive attitude. They don't go in um, with the, with a student that goes in with the growth mindset, don't get, they won't give up on the test. Yeah. You know, and, and that's part, that's half the battle. You know, um, you know, kids, I, when I used to have the kids take the test, they were not allowed to stop the test until time was up. Okay. Even if they thought they were done in 20 minutes, no, you can go back and, you know, (laughs) I told them they, they, they have to really look at the questions, make sure, you know, and have strategies. If you don't know it, I'm sure there's something about it that you can figure out and problem solve to find the right answer. And so they have a growth mindset where they persevere. They take this positive attitude to just going into the test and it's okay if, you know, they know it's okay if I don't understand the question yet, but if I work through it, I might be able to. Mm-hmm. And that's that growth mindset. And that helps. Attitude is such a huge thing in everything we do in life. I was going to say that, that just going into, you know, even a, a math test or a, a, you know, reading test or something in your classroom, just to have that, um, you know, that positive attitude that, I know this, and if I if I don't know it yet, then then I'm going to problem solve my way through the questions, and I'm going to do well, and I'm gonna I'm gonna achieve, and I'm gonna grow yes. with that growth mindset kind That's of attitude. That's half the battle. Yeah, just being able to understand that it's okay that if you don't know it yet. And, and you know what, and that's part of the assessments too. It's like, they're not going to know everything. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, well, there might be some, yeah, some. <laughs> but, well, there might be. yeah, very, very few know it, you know, we'll be able to answer all the questions correctly, but you know, um, the growth mindset has it that, you know, if we look at it and even as educators, and I wish everybody would understand that if we work with these kids and if we, have this positive growth mindset and this STEAM culture and this STEAM state of mind that these kids are going to grow no matter what. And mm-hmm. they are going to grow at a pace. If we give them these experiences that they are able to be highly engaged in, like these kids that are doing these compost plans, oh my God, the teacher even said, like, I've never seen them so engaged before. Right. You know, like they're so invested because they want their plan to because it's going to impact the entire community for the entire, you know, school right. year. And, and how cool is that? 
So they, they're totally invested in learning about decomposers and learning about how, what do we need in the compost bins and how do we maintain and, and how are we going to do this in the process and how to communicate with others and how people are going to feel about, you know, picking up these, you know, apple cores that other people have <laughs> and, you know, the safety of it and all this stuff, or whatever. Right. They're invested. And it's so cool to watch their enthusiasm. You know, one of the students just left because I was actually teaching the class before I got here. Um, you know, one of the students is like, okay, so when are we going to continue this? When can we start working together? Because this is so much fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, they're learning. And that's the growth mindset. And isn't that just really, as a teacher, what you want to hear? Yes. This <laughs> learning learn. is so much fun. Yes. How cool is that? Yes. I mean, that's that's I what it's all it. about, right? So here we are at Ask Coach Schwederman, one of our favorite parts of our podcast. And this comes from John, who's a community member. And this is, this is a great question. And it really is. Being a Kettering taxpayer, why should I care about STEAM education? John, I bet there's a lot of people who think about that, especially, you know, parents who are, I should say, community members who don't have kids in the school. Why should we invest in STEAM education? Why should our tax money go towards, you know, building gardens and building compost bins and doing all these different projects and all of this stuff? I mean, why, why should we be doing that? Isn't it just textbooks and pieces of paper, the way we learned when we were kids, isn't that good enough? Well, um, my answer to that question is why should you care about this is because when ours when we have a when we teach kids how to problem solve when we teach kids how to have that growth mindset when we teach kids you know the word yet and when we teach them how to work together to communicate to cooperate to collaborate to reach a consensus in the elementary schools those skills and those um you know, problem-solving skills and working together skills, they go throughout their life. Like this is, it's it's ingrained in them then. And when they do that, it, it goes into their workforce and stuff. Because I remember sitting in um, a meeting, um, a professional development meeting with the president of Procter & Gamble. And he said the number one reason why people get fired in his job, at their job, is not because of they don't know their stuff, they don't have the knowledge, they don't have all of the things that, you know, require them to do their job. The thing that they, that they, the reason why they get fired is because they can't work well with others. Mm-hmm. They can't. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know how to play well with others. Right. <laughs> they don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to cooperate. They don't know how to collaborate. They don't know how to reach a consensus. They don't know how, you know, to problem solve together as a team. And that's the number one reason why people, you know, get fired. He told me, he said, we can provide training for our workers. But one thing that we, that is very hard to do is to train people how to work with others because it's ingrained in them by the time they become an adult or whatever. And if we can to work with that now, because in STEAM education, it's such an integrated part of how they problem solve and how they work together to solve problems. If we can do that, it's just going to enhance our workforce in the future. The other part of it is, is that, you know, um, the innovation part, the being able to, you know, we're, we're training kids and we're, 
you know, through STEAM education, these kids are learning how to be innovators. These kids are learning how to take something that, you know, you give them popsicle sticks and tape and they have to do something. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they're innovators. And if we can get um, a workforce of innovation, being able to work together, um, you know, who knows what this is going to do for the Kettering community in the area and the region. And so that is it's an investment in our future. And the careers that are out there right now are really a lot of steam fields. Yeah. It's and very foundational for, for the future, for these kids' future, as you said. Yes. And so um, I know when I'm retired, I really want, you know, or when I go in a nursing home or something like that, <laughs> I want somebody with a steam background Taking care of <laughs> to you. be able to take care of me and solve my problems for me, you know. <laughs> Well, that's one way of looking at it. And we got a long way to go there. Yeah. We don't have well, to worry about that right now. But way to, way to think ahead. Way to think ahead. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Great. thank you, Carrie, for another great conversation. Absolutely, Vern. Always a pleasure.